Welcome to Hospitality Forward, a podcast where hospitality and travel professionals learn how to earn the media spotlight. My name is Hana Lee. I am president of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning public relations agency in New York City. And I'm Michael Anstendig, editor-in-chief at Hana Lee Communications and a food and beverage writer. As a journalist myself and Hannah as a PR professional, we understand the power of media coverage and its impact on someone's career and business. That's why we launched our podcast to help our industry rebuild and rebound by interviewing top journalists who share their insights and tips for gaining the media's attention. In this episode, we're delighted to chat with Howie Kahn. Howie is a journalist, author, and podcaster heard in nearly 200 countries. A 20-year news veteran, Howie is a contributing editor for WSJ, the Wall Street Journal magazine, and his work has appeared in dozens of publications, including GQ, Wired, Travel and Leisure, and Departures. Hi, Howie. Welcome to the show. So great to see you. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to see you both. Howie, you've been freelance writing for many years. Can you tell our listeners what specific topics you normally cover? Oh, man, um, it's it's been a fun almost 20 years doing this. Um, I write about food. I write about restaurants. I write about culture. I write about travel. I write about art. I write about creativity and I write about jobs, essentially. I write about how people's jobs inform who they are and how people... Um, inform what their field is and how it evolves. So what is your approach to finding a good story? And also, where do you go for inspiration? Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like everything's changed, you know? I, I think the answer now to what a good story is, is does it, does it matter? Does it move the needle in some way? Can it help somebody? Does the, can the narrative help change somebody's life? Can communicating help keep a business open? Can it help people stay employed? Can it change policy? Can it get food to people who aren't able to eat? I, I think the stakes have um, changed and gone up in terms of, of what makes a good story. In terms of where do I, I go for inspiration? I mean, we're not allowed to go anywhere anymore. So um uh, you, you know, you pick up the phone and read as much as possible and communicate. Um, there's also something precious about memory and maybe things you missed in a story from 10 years ago or 20 years ago or, or five minutes ago. Is something worth revisiting? Is somebody going through something new, right? I mean, the pandemic kind of changed everybody's circumstances or at least made everybody's circumstances more visible. In, in a way, it's, it's sort of easier to see what stories matter now than it was before. There's less, um, there's less noise. I think there's more clarity. Very true. Agreed. Can you explain to our listeners how you pitch a story to your editors? Uh, is there something that our listeners can learn from your process, given that there are, there are similarities involved in people like us pitching writers like you? I think it's about having relationships. I don't I don't really think it's about thinking about anything in terms of just one one pitch. I think one pitch is 
one breath, right? I mean, you need to breathe a lot in order to live. And I, I think it's, do you have a good idea? Do you want to convey it? Do you want to have a conversation about it? What can you learn from the conversation you're having? Um, can you pitch somebody you know? Can you pitch somebody you trust? Can you pitch somebody you have a relationship with where their feedback matters to you, where the pitch can be a, a collaboration? Can you get to a place where you're, Pitches aren't just unilateral, um, but collaborative. I, I, I think is maybe how I how I look at it. Otherwise, um, it's a little too uphill and a little daunting and exhausting. And 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 it's 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 like doing something you know with um, a bag pulled over your head or something where you can't see where you're going. I, I think ensuring that you have as much visibility around your process and asking for as much transparency from who you're communicating with uh, as possible is really important. Speaking of pitching, uh, would you be able to share some of your pitching do's and don'ts for our listeners, especially those who don't have PR agencies on board? You know, who are, who are chefs, bartenders, sommeliers who want to get their own stories out and would want to pitch them to you? It's really important to understand your your audience. If you're pitching an individual, it's great to actually know what kind of work they do and what their body of of work is. You know, I always find it um, especially strange when when I get a pitch that has nothing to do with anything I've ever done, um, because that's pretty clear that it's probably something I'll never do. Um, certain magazines talk in their own voices. They're concerned with their own ethos. When you're writing for a magazine or pitching a story to the magazine, you're trying to fit into their world, right? They don't have to come and meet you and then fit in, in yours. So figuring out like what shape the key is that unlocks the door, you know, it's a different key for every door. It's not, it's not the same, Ta really tailoring, really being specific. I love getting pitches that have a level of, of understanding and show some, some scholarship. Similarly, like I would never pitch a publication, something that I don't think is a good fit for them. So I think it's having a very realistic sense of what's worth somebody's time and what's not. And in the end, that's more respectful of yourself and, and your own time too. You know, we, we, we're all limited on time. We're all short on, on resources. So I think, you know, finding a way to be really strategic, really efficient is really important. So uh, in coming months, what kinds of topics are you looking to cover? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, we all are. We can relate. I, I I feel like it's just it's it's still kind of fighting through something right now. But I you know I want the same things I've always wanted. I I want um, I want stories with feeling. I I want stories that that move people. I want stories that that show change. I've never really been you know so interested in this is this is new. So therefore it's it's news. Um, I'm I'm always interested in the people behind something why something matters to them um i and i want big stories you know i i think there there has to be am, ambition to this too i i think you know it, it's also an entertainment product so you want people to read your stuff and think like wow that's amazing that's an incredible tale you know i i i i feel like i've been there the telling of it is so it's so vivid so you know i, I and i think that's important too right i mean i i think there's the sort of separation between like what kind of stories do I do I want to tell 
Um, and what stories do we have to tell right now? I, I, I think it's, it's kind of this time to consolidate responsibility and, and it's, it's, it's like rationing, right? There's only, uh, we have to do what we have to do to survive. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I love the fact that, you know, your, your approach is that stories with the feelings. Well, also, you know, in getting to the, the people behind the stories is key. And speaking of people, there's so many bartenders, chefs, and hotel owners who also happen to be good writers. What, what advice would you have for them to use these skills to raise their visibility? I mean, there's so many ways to get your your message across that didn't exist five or ten years ago. And I know you guys are in you know in the PR and communications business, and I know books are also very near and dear to you. But you know, just being able to use your social media in in an effective way. You see people who own businesses on social who are really able to write about the ups and downs and the human toll and the struggle and, and what's real. And, and I think like really being able to be an effective communicator over social media is certainly the best place to start because it's free and you can amplify yourself. You can amplify voices that are important around you. You can show different sides of things. You can do it on a frequent basis. I mean, you guys know how important frequency is in, in communication. You can't just, you know, talk to people once a month if you're really trying to get something across. It's a proposition where it has to be, um, a conversation. At the same time, you know, I would say to anyone who's going to be writing that writing is is something that should be done um, carefully, and you know, in in a way where you kind of understand what results you're you're aiming for and are, are going to get. So you're not surprised when you write something incendiary or controversial, and a million people you know respond in in a way you didn't expect. What I'm saying is you don't want to use the platforms to set yourself back. You want to figure out ways to use them to help you spring forward. Yeah, I think authenticity and frequency and consistency, I think that, that all matter. Also, ed- but also editing. You know, I think one of the great lessons from from journalism and then having the privilege that I've had over the years of working with so many editors is kind of understanding that, you know, sometimes the message that I want to put out into the world isn't exactly the message that the world needs to hear. So uh, talking about it with somebody else, having a reader, having someone who you trust go over your stuff, having a filter. And I think, you know, on the one hand, it's really important to be true to yourself and express your emotions. Um, And in another sense, it's important to be respectful enough of yourself to not put too much stuff out there that's going to get you in trouble. I mean, it's kind of like being in a relationship, right? Like you can't just say anything you want to the person you're in a relationship with just because you love them because they're close to you. It's the same thing with social, with social media. It's kind of like, you kind of got to save the workshopping for therapy (laughs) and and, and then Mm -hmm. figure out Mm -hmm. like, you know, what, what message do you want to actually come out of your mouth or out of your, your fingers when you're typing? And like any relationship, you have to treat it with due respect. I think so. So why don't, why don't we shift gears for, for a moment and uh, talk about your podcast, Takeaway Only. And you interviewed amazing chefs almost every day when the pandemic started. Yeah. And we, we know firsthand just how much work it takes to do a podcast even on a weekly basis, Yeah, let alone doing it almost daily. It kind of blows our minds, frankly. So why did you choose podcasts as the platform for takeaway only? 
so there's a, there's kind of a backstory to to take away only which um I had started um along with my my wife who's my business partner and our other partner uh, Rob Corso we had started a a, pod, a podcast production company right before the pandemic started and it's called Free Time Media and our mission originally was really to add a layer of of audio narrative storytelling to the experience of of hospitality all all around the world so we started working with some great clients in the hospitality space and the, and then the pandemic hit and then everything we had kind of worked on was um gone right we couldn't go anywhere uh the entire idea of what we were doing was you know kind of rendered Im- impossible so I didn't want to just cancel our company and and neither did did my partners. Um, And it didn't take too long to figure out that the thing we should be doing literally with the microphones we had um, was to make a show about the hospitality industry and to not worry about um, how it would pay dividends, to not worry about how it would be financed, but just to kind of tell stories about an industry that really needed um, lots of people to rally around it by sharing uh, the fine details of what was really happening. And then we just started calling people and, and doing doing these interviews. And we decided since it was so it was an emergency. So we decided to do it every single every single day. My my partner Rob had the good sense to, to limit me to five times a week. I, I wanted to do it seven days a week. And sometimes I wanted to add an eighth episode. And he was like, you're gonna burn yourself out. And I did, uh, you know, even after doing five, five a day for a certain period of time, I, I did burn myself out. I, fr- I fried myself doing that show. But it's a marathon. Yeah, but it was it was, um, it was probably some of the most important work I've I've ever done. You know, it was a way to do something that 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 mattered. I I felt, and I, I hope I got it right. And you did, you did, and I think, and what you did for our industry was amazing. And thank you for creating that platform to voice our frustration and love and care for our industry. So, thank you for what you did. And um, are you planning to go back into production of the show? We we kind of put it on hold at a certain point because I I kind of realized I have to try to grow the business that I was originally intending to make. And and we've had some um, steps forward with that. So now that we've taken some steps forward with free time, um, we were talking this morning about how to maybe go back to takeaway in a meaningful way, because guess what? The stories haven't stopped. It's exactly. still, it's, it's still bad. So um, I would like to, um, figure out a way to make some more shows. And, you know, as we also really focused on everybody during the pandemic, there's a lot of issues to deal with in the in the hospitality world in terms of social justice and what goes on in the workplace and diversity and inclusion and making sure people who have always... Um, who should have always had a voice but never have do now so you know there's there's a way to to be able you know to be able to amplify and to turn over the mic to people who should absolutely have that in front of them so uh, there's a lot to think about there's a lot of work to still do there is it's, it's it, it remains a big story i think about it every day 
the last time we saw you was at the Philly Chef Conference. Oh, about a year yeah. ago, and I think that was the last large-scale gathering of people, and so that conference is so much more special to us. And I think the one of the highlight was meeting Chef uh, Omar Tate. Yeah, and and you did a beautiful in-depth profile story in the Wall Street Journal. So my question for you is: In general, how do you select people to spotlight? Man, you know Omar, we had on the podcast too, um, and all the work Omar's done. Omar puts the spotlight on himself, and and I, I think as a as a journalist, like if you can't find that spotlight, if you can't find what people have done, you know, for themselves, by themselves, with their own vision, it was just so obvious to me, right? It's it's my responsibility to find. The Omars of the world to find Omar. Omar is trying to pay respect to his entire neighborhood and make sure they have something that they haven't had before. The way he can had, can do it. Um, and I'm I'm moved by that. I'm I've always been moved by people trying to do things for for places that that need more, that deserve more. Um, that can have more with, you know, somebody like that, with some visionary leadership. Um, I root for, for these, these stories of, of community improvement and engagement. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a love story, right? This is somebody who, who, who loves where they're, they're from and wants to put their entire heart into it. You know, Omar's had, an incredible year. He's he's gotten married. His wife Sybil is now his partner. They they they've you know announced interesting real estate stuff, and they're gonna they're gonna do this, and it's gonna make a it's gonna make a difference. No question. We enjoyed your your story in Travel and Leisure uh, about cheese, wine, and geothermal cooking in the Azores. Oh, that was a fun trip, and it was a great read. So Thank you. What what do you see as the future of travel destinations as we? gradually emerge from uh, from lockdowns and things of that sort um you know i don't know it's it I, I i'm still trying to grasp what the psychological fallout of this is is going to be for people and how people feel to really travel in mass and and how much forgetting is going to happen about what this pandemic was and how fast um is there going to be a normal to go back to? Is everybody going to be masked forever? Uh, um, what kind of sanitation is going to have to happen in hotels and and public places? I, I don't know. I you know I, I think there's going to be a version of travel. People are obviously going to go places. There's going to be a tourism industry. Um, it's going to mean more to people for one thing. I mean, you know, people are going to put more, even more into their, their livelihoods if they're on that end of it. And as, as a traveler, I mean, I haven't been on a plane in a year in over in over a year. Right. And I can't wait to, to try it out and to see what's what I hope everybody um, behaves. I hope everybody is respectful of one another. I, I, I Amer- you know, the American travel experience isn't always the best display of, of community and, and, and public behavior. I mean, you walk through any American airport and there's always somebody chewing out some airline employee or some airline employee barking back at something that really doesn't need to be escalated to, you know, such a, such a level of extreme, um, 
confrontation and and, and tension. Um, so I hope people are nice to each other, right? I, I I hope people are kind. I hope people care. I hope people extend um, additional courtesy if you're a customer or a user, and I hope people extend additional hospitality if you if you're a provider. I hope people really watch out for each other. Speaking of travel, so would your family? What country would you like to visit first, and why? Um, fun fact is I've never been out of the airport in Tokyo. It's been a lot of connecting flights, and it's 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 kind of like an ongoing joke. So I would love to uh, you know get one of those direct JFK to to Narita flights, and then get out of the airport and and experience really just experience that city for for a long period of time. On the other hand, it would be nice to have a very beachy, quiet vacation somewhere. Um, that that would be on my list too. But I think I miss um, cities being themselves, right? I miss the sort of throb of, of culture and then the urgency of togetherness. And, you know, we're, we're in New York and, and, and it's a very quiet city. It's been a very quiet city uh, for almost a year. And it's an, it's an incredible, it's an incredible kind of quiet um, and it's moving in a lot of ways, but I, I miss the way it was. Yeah, us too. So um, we call our podcast Hospitality Forward because we are optimistic about our future. So in your opinion, um, is there anyone or any organization that is doing something really special and is moving our hospitality forward? I mean, World Central Kitchen is always the first thing that comes to mind. It's, I'm sure a lot of people will will say this, but it's it's hard for me not to to think of them first. Um, you know, I've I've worked with with Jose on several stories, and I have a lot of respect for their CEO Nate Mook and and Robert Egger, who's kind of the godfather of of the organization, and the way they've been able to um, become parts of communities at the speed they have to do such vital things while also supporting restaurants and making sure people are able to keep their jobs with some interesting ideas about financing and um, business operations for, for me, that's, that's a big one. Um, and I, I think it's, it's, it's one way to know there's a kind of safety net for certain things going forward. And that's been incredibly moving. They're, they're an organization I, I think about and, and try to give to, you know, frequently. Great choice. And now for the listener question segment of our show, mm. we have a question from Shanari Freeman of an upcoming vegan soul restaurant in New York City called Cadence. Uh, she'd like to know what you think are the best ways to reach non-vegan customers. Um, double down on deliciousness, right? I mean, if, you, if everyone's interested in food, that's, that's delicious. And I think, I hope anyways, we're maybe living in a time where the labeling of things isn't so important and maybe can take a backseat to the quality and the flavor of things. I think, you know, there's people in the city who want to support restaurants and want to eat delicious food. So I think maybe she can understand that she's probably got her vegan audience already. You know, she's that's an audience that will be a natural fit for her and for everybody else. Um, yeah, double down on the idea that that her food's delicious and it, 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 it'll make you happy, right? Who doesn't want delicious food that'll make you happy? Mm -hmm. I think she can definitely do that. <laughs> so before we go, what's the best way for our listeners to contact you to pitch their ideas? 
um, you can DM me. I'm on Instagram at HowieCon. Um, you can go to the Freetime Media website and find me through there, Howie at FreetimeMedia.world. Um, once we're ever allowed to, you know, see people again, we can have a coffee or whatever. I'll be excited to have conversations with new friends. That's great. great. Well, Howie, thank you so much. It's been so great speaking with you, and and we appreciate you sharing your insights and tips with us. Hope to see you very soon and share a cocktail or a glass of wine together at a local favorite restaurant. That would be nice. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Howie. Thank you, guys. Thank appreciate you. you. Bye-bye. Bye. What a chat. Howie always has great insights to share. Now that you know what Howie is looking for, please feel free to pitch him your story ideas. And of course, mention that you heard him in our podcast. We have a lot of exciting media guests in the pipeline as well. So please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Please leave a review and tell your friends and colleagues. See you next week. Until then, join us as we move hospitality forward together.